Around the world, more than 80 women have accused Peter Nygaard of crimes ranging from rape to sex trafficking. He far exceeds Jeffrey Epstein. He far exceeds Bill Cosby. He exceeds anything that I think our world has seen so far. A pattern of predatory behavior spanning half a century. Nygaard denies it all. But now he faces criminal charges. If this were a poor man, he would have been in jail decades ago. He is hid in plain sight. Evil by Design, available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, I'm Matt Galloway, and this is The Current Podcast. After nearly a seven-month pause, renewable energy projects are back on the table in Alberta. We instituted the pause for one simple reason. We needed an affordable and reliable grid. We need to ensure that we're not sacrificing our future agricultural yields or tourism dollars to rush renewables developments through. Growing our renewable energy industry must happen in well-defined and responsible ways. That's the Premier of Alberta, Danielle Smith. Now, while renewable projects can continue, there are going to be new rules, including buffer zones around scenic areas to stop wind turbines from blocking the view, and a ban on renewable power projects on prime agricultural land. Evan Wilson is Vice President of Policy for Western Canada with the Canadian Renewable Energy Association. He is in our studio in Ottawa this morning. Evan, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So after the seven-month pause, what do you make of the end of the moratorium and the introduction of these new rules for renewable energy projects in Alberta? Yeah, I would say that uh, we're very pleased that approvals are going to start uh, again starting tomorrow uh, with the Alberta Utilities Commission. But I and and uh, we are we are curious to see how clarity, how much clarity we'll get over the coming months on this new policy. I want to ask you about some of the things that you're looking for clarity on. But I mean, one of the things we heard when this pause was announced was that there were concerns that the industry, which was booming, as I mentioned, 75% of all new wind and solar projects in Canada in 2022 were built in Alberta. The concern was that, you know, pumping the brakes might drive people elsewhere in the country. How did the moratorium impact the industry? Yeah, so I, I think the impacts are going to remain to be seen based on how this policy goes. 2023 was actually a better year than 2022. 92% of all renewables in Canada were built in Alberta in 2023. And I think now with this uncertainty coming from some of these announcements yesterday, not being sure where people are going to be able to build, I think we're going to start to see impacts potentially in 2024. That people may take their projects elsewhere. Right. And, and, and across the country, we're seeing procurements being launched in nearly every other province. Mm. There is lots of opportunity across the country right now. Let's talk about a couple of the rules that were proposed here. This includes banning renewable projects on certain agricultural land, unless you can demonstrate the ability for both crops and or livestock to coexist with the renewable generation project. Is that coexistence possible as you understand it? I, I have some good news. It is absolutely possible. With wind, you can have uh, you can have animals grazing right up to the base of a wind turbine. Uh, you can have crops grown right up to the base. In terms of solar, you can add what are called uh, agrivoltaics, which you can grow between uh, rows of panels. You can grow uh, crops under the panels. You can have uh, sheep that can graze through there. We are confident that our members will be able to deliver on those solutions uh, if required. Let's talk about one of the other things, which is that renewable energy projects may not be approved if they are within a 35-kilometer a buffer zone of certain scenic views in Alberta, what the government calls pristine viewscapes. What exactly are those pristine viewscapes? 
Matt, that is a very good question. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've gotten emails all day yesterday from members asking if I know what a pristine viewscape is. You might have yet. seen this map that was circulating online yesterday. It suggested that if you look at that 35 kilometer buffer zone, most of the southern part of the province would be off limits. Yeah, I would say that that map is probably a worst case scenario, but I think that map is reality uh, for a lot of people trying to determine what they're going to do in Alberta until we get clarity on this one from the government. What do you make of the idea of banning wind turbines that might block the view of of the mountains. Yeah, I'd like to know where, you know, who's asking for that. We just had a seven-month process. We had a commission, uh, an inquiry with the Alberta Utilities Commission. They released a report, um, or, or sorry, they provided a report to government that has not yet been released. We haven't seen the reasoning for this. We haven't seen who has necessarily asked for this. And the Alberta Utilities Commission had an expert report written about viewscapes, and it was skeptical that you could even regulate them. So, you know, we're, we're very interested to see how this will move forward because this is certainly the part that has created the most questions. You're not the only one who's asking the questions. Deborah Yedlin is president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce is on the line with us as well. Deborah, good morning to you. Good morning. What do you make broadly uh, of the new regulations around renewable power projects in your province? Well, on the one hand, we do, you know, we, we applaud the promotion of, of renewable energy and the coexistence with agriculture products because we know that we need to grow our agricultural presence and this is part of our economic uh, opportunities. How, having said that, this, uh, what was announced yesterday, really does uh, in, inject some uncertainty, some significant investment uncertainty for companies that were looking at investing in more in more renewable projects in the province. What have, you, what, have you heard from is, the, what have you heard from those companies? Again, Alberta is a renewable energy leader in, the, in this country. What have you exactly. heard from those and companies that, that might be thinking that they want to invest there and now they, they wonder what exactly they can do? That's exactly right. They are going to be standing on the sidelines wait, waiting for more clarity to see if they decide to invest in the province or look to allocate their dollars somewhere else. We know that you know capital goes to where it can get the best return with the least amount of resistance and anything that injects an element of uncertainty from an investment standpoint, because these are long-lived projects, this isn't something that's going to be functioning for two years. Uh, you, you're going to think very carefully about where you're you're going to be injecting the those dollars and and putting them at risk from an investment standpoint. How do you understand this idea of protecting what are known as pristine viewscapes? The affordability and utilities minister Daryl Newdorf was asked about this yesterday. He said that that includes the foothills and, in his words, the majestic Rocky Mountains. That that that's a huge swath well, it, of the province. It is a huge swath of the province, and you did refer to that map that was circulating online that could say that 76 percent of the lands could be affected. Uh, that's, you know, those are prime lands, whether you're talking about sunshine or you're talking about wind generation, uh, that is something that will not necessarily help the broad conversation about energy affordability in this province, which we know has been a challenge. And anything that adds to the grid is is critical to supporting the need, the growing need for electricity in the province and is something that needs to be considered. How are wind turbines impacting the, those viewscapes any different than the oil wells that dot much of the landscape of the province now? That's a very good question. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an avid cyclist and I cycle through the province uh, on a regular basis through the summer. And it's just, it's, 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 you see both of them. I don't think anybody says uh, disparages one over the other. They're just part of the landscape. And it seems to be like a very subjective um, dis uh, discussion on what define what how do you how do you define pristine and who makes that decision? If you have that uncertainty, what would that mean for Canada's economy as a whole? If investors 
back off of renewable energy in Alberta. Again, understanding that, what, 90% of the Canadian renewable development uh, last year was in Alberta. Yeah, and they've, you know, we've often called uh, southern Alberta the Saudi Arabia of wind generation because of the uh, the wind power that we do have uh, potential in the province. But we're already dealing with uh, the Inflation Reduction Act south of the border, where a lot of dollars on a, non- a number of different related energy opportunities are flowing. And this is going to, again, have companies saying, well, I can I can put something else together. I can risk my capital in another jurisdiction, most likely in the United States or overseas, and uh, get a return that I'm looking for because I have more certainty and more stability. And that's that from an economic standpoint, we want to have dollars in this country, in this province, going to work, increasing our economic opportunities. More than $5 billion have been injected into Alberta's renewable sector since 2019. And we are a deregulated market, which is why companies want to come here and invest. And now this is this is definitely causing uncertainty. And that's that's jobs, that's red tape, that's increased costs. And again, we are, you know, we do face high electricity costs in this province. Do you think the premier understands that, understands the scale of the investment, understands that people want to come and invest in the province, that want to bring those projects to Alberta? I think there is an understanding about what this means from a broad economic standpoint. Um, as often happens with government policy, there are unintended consequences, which is an awful phrase, but that arise when when a, pro- a policy that's well intended isn't necessarily as uh, robust as it needs to be in considering all the uh, impacts that it could have. Evan Wilson, how worried are you about that, that to Deborah's point, those who might be ready to invest will see this landscape, but also you know, feel the tug from the United States where the in- Inflation Reduction Act is is opening the taps um, when it comes to funding and incentives to lure those projects south of the border. And that that could mean that those projects head elsewhere, not just elsewhere in the country, but elsewhere uh, in the world. Yeah, our members certainly see the Inflation Reduction Act as what they've called a gravitational pull for investments in renewable energy. We're talking trillions of dollars are available in in capital to invest in 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 clean electricity, and uh, the in- Inflation Reduction Act really provides uh, a magnetic pull um, for those investments compared to any amount of uncertainty or any amount of support here in uh, Alberta and throughout Canada. What is this really about? Do you think, Evan? Why is the government putting this forward? Yeah, I I think you know there has been such growth in uh, there has been such growth in in wind and solar, especially after the last few years. Uh, Deb was talking about five billion dollars in investment in renewables. Um, wind has been around for for more than three decades in in Alberta, or approaching three decades in Alberta. Solar is relatively new. There's a lot of questions, a lot of productive conversations going on where where there are difficult questions being asked, and I, I think uh, there's great answers for a lot of those questions. And I think these these conversations potentially have been misinterpreted uh, as as some degree of opposition from from government. What would you and, say, what would you say to people who say this is about protecting the oil and gas sector in the province? I, I would say that um, you know that's that's probably part of this. I think there's probably a sweet spot of 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 different uh, interests that that may be looking to have um, you know uh, uh, the brakes put on the renewable energy sector. But I would say that that Alberta, if we get back on track, can be 
can continue to be a leader here because we have the best wind and solar resource in the country. As Deb said, we have a deregulated energy market. We have large industrial buyers who want to buy this uh, wind and solar power. Um, so, so I think that, you know, we, there is a path forward here. We just have to have the government get out of the way and let us find it. Deb, is this about protecting the legacy oil and gas sector in the province? I don't think I don't look at it that way at all. I actually think that when we actually look at the whole energy conversation, this is about we call it the and conversation. We the, need the every and conversation, not the but conversation, yeah. but the and conversation. No, the and conversation. We need every molecule and electron. And so anything that sort of compromises the development of either is not helpful from an energy uh, energy systems standpoint. So I don't think this is about protecting the energy, the oil and gas sector. I think this is. This is uh, from a broad, broad uh, conversation. Uh, this is just a, a policy that is going to frustrate investment. And as Evan said, you know, we've had the there, we have had companies like Amazon that have come to Alberta for the purpose of being able to get offtake agreement to, to get that renewable power to offset the energy that comes with running big data centers. Mm. We know that that's a big issue. So they come here, they have an off, you know, they have a uh, purchase power purchase agreement with a producer. And that's, 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 that's important. And so let's think about it in terms of all the electrons and let's not discriminate between an electron and a molecule. And if I could just quickly add something here too. Just briefly, yeah. Yeah, it's not only Amazon buying power. It is oil and gas companies that are buying power directly from yeah. wind and solar. That's a good point. TC Energy, Synovus, Shell, you know, the, the, the oil and gas sector to a certain extent is, is the customer here. Glad to speak with you both about this. We're yeah. going to talk further about um, what this might mean elsewhere in the province. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Debra Edlin is the president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. Evan Wilson, vice president of policy for Western Canada with the Canadian Renewable Energy Association. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We're in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Jason Schneider is the reeve of Vulcan County, Alberta. He's a grain farmer. That community is home to Canada's largest solar farm, one of Western Canada's largest wind farms as well. Jason, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the program. Thanks for being here. Your community, as I mentioned, has big renewable energy projects in it. How does the community see those projects? Well, uh, we've had quite a journey in the last 10 years. Uh, I think we are home to, uh, by the end of 2024, we'll be home to over 1,300 megawatts of wind and solar development. Uh, so uh, we've we've had quite a journey, but uh, overall, uh, I think when these projects are done well and developers are willing to work with the community, we've had, uh, we've had good results and it's definitely uh, changed the landscape down here in Vulcan County. How do, in, in the context of that, how do you see the new rules that were introduced yesterday? You know, looking at them, I think they are they are pretty fair and balanced. Uh, I, I realize that industry might look at them differently, but uh, in our experience and the developers that we worked with on these large-scale projects, uh, the good developers were already doing all of these things and addressing all these concerns already. So I don't necessarily see them as onerous as maybe some others might. 
Let's talk about the balance. One of the things that's put forward is, is protecting prime agricultural land. You're a grain farmer yourself. Um, how do you and how do other farmers and producers feel about the prospect of more renewable energy projects coming online on that land? Well, there's always a concern, and it's a concern that we are, you know, we're doing the right thing and putting these in the right places. Um, in a place like Balkan County down in southern Alberta, uh, we do have a lot of land that is of lower production value. And uh, up to this point, developers have kind of gra- gravitated towards those areas as opposed to going to the more prime areas. So we've been having these discussions for the last 10 years. Developers understand. Um, but uh, what we started to see in the second, third, and fourth wave of developers coming along is that they, they weren't as concerned concern because uh, Alberta ultimately didn't have any rules when it came to siting and soil classes and what was the use of that land prior. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the lens that we use every single day since 1954 when Balkan County was incorporated. Uh, we use it for every other industry and now uh, it's being brought up to speed with uh, uh, the renewable industry as well. I mean, it sounds obvious, uh, I'm sure to, to you as a farmer, but why is it important to protect that prime agricultural land or at the very least have that as part of the conversation from your perspective? Well, we we always need to produce more food. Uh, I think that's uh, that's pretty um, obvious. Um, and uh, you know, there when, when you have that opportunity where you could say that somewhere where it has less impact, uh, I think you know it's just kind of the reasonable and responsible thing to do is to try to try to do that. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's kind of one of these things that we've held every other industry to this uh, standard, and now the uh, the wind and solar is is uh, being held to that standard and there's uh, some more clear policies when it comes to that. So um, the devil's in the details. We'll see, we'll see exactly what all the fine details look like, but overall, uh, like I said, it's, it's, these are the conversations we've been having for the last 10 years with every single developer that's come looking to develop in our, in our County. You've raised concerns as well around reclamation um, and cleaning up after a renewable project ends. What, what's your experience been thus far? Well, we, we kind of have a bad taste in our mouth, uh, you know, the gravel industry, the coal industry, the oil and gas industry. Uh, here in Alberta, the cheapest reclamation plan is bankruptcy. Uh, we, we don't want to do this again. Uh, we don't want to be looking back in 20 years and going like, hey, where did everybody go? Like, why do we have, you know, why do we have a mess on our hands? So, um, yeah, we were really just asking. We're not asking for a, uh, anything ridiculous when it comes to reclamation. We just want it to be a public uh, document and to put everyone's mind at ease because the last thing everyone wants to do in 20 years is be using taxpayer dollars to try to clean up a mess because we didn't take any reclamation security. In saying this, you you have commented in past that you got an email saying that in, in, in raising those concerns, you're a climate change denier, that you're trying to kill renewables. What do you say to people when, when, when they send those notes to you? Oh, well, it's, it is what it is when you're in this line of uh, work and uh, you're an elected official, you are going to get that. Um, I also get the emails saying that I'm, uh, I'm just a pawn for the renewable energy industry. So um, I guess I, what I usually say is I must be kind of coming up the middle here because both sides uh, uh, send me hate mail. You're not opposed to these projects is your point. Not at all. We are, we are very uh, in favor of these projects. It has been a great uh a great thing for Vulcan County. Uh, it is by far become our biggest uh, industry in in our municipality, um, and uh, but we want to make sure it's done right. We, you know, if there's we've been we've been very fortunate that the developers we've worked with have been great and have gone above and beyond. But we were starting to see a lot of red flags, and uh, like with any industry. Uh, the legislation always legs the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten years ago, we weren't talking about 3,000-plus acre solar fields. Now we are. Uh, the regulations just need to be updated, and uh, 
we're happy to see we're happy to see that I believe they are overall pretty fair and balanced. And uh, but once again, we'll wait and see what all the fine details are before I uh, before I jump up and down too much. Just before I let you go, I mean, in the last minute or so that we have, one of the concerns, and again, this would concern you, given what this has meant for your community is that with these regulations, those who have the money who want to build these projects may just go elsewhere, that they might go to the States, they might go to Ontario or other provinces. How worried are you about that? I spoke to two developers yesterday who were uh, giving us plans for when they want to start construction. So um, maybe, but um, we are we're our developers that uh, are, you know, partway through the process uh, have let us know that they are continuing, they are intending to continue. So uh, I guess time will tell. Jason, good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Jason Schneider is the Reeve of Vulcan County, also a grain farmer there in Alberta. If you're in the province, we'd love to hear from you. What do you make of the regulations? Do they strike that balance? Are you worried that those investments perhaps could go elsewhere? You can email us, thecurrent at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.